All right. Well, hey, what, what is, is up, up everybody? Welcome to the NG Podcast, where mm-hmm. we talk to the next generation about being the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Manny, back there on the Manny cam, Manny. for uh, stepping in for me last week while I was down the hill. I listened to the podcast. It was pretty great and a little insulting, but that's all right. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> so, no, but it was a good one. And today we got, some, we got some good stuff. We got tons of questions this week. So, guys, thank you so much for sending those in. We're going to get to those. Uh, here in a little bit, but how you doing? Good. First men's breakfast was this morning. Oh, it was good. Let me good. let me just say we had some big talk from mm. a few of our students that uh, didn't show up. Mm. So, mm. yes, we're gonna remember that. I called For the big sure. man upstairs, told told me you weren't there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's not how that works. Exactly. No, no, but we're uh, yeah. How'd that go? Tell me about it, dude. It was awesome. Um, I think for first turnout, awesome. Um, got there. I got there a little bit early. Got the little table set up. And uh, just started waiting, and then guys started showing up. There was six of us in total, um, and it was really good. Just breakfast, just good fellowship talking, and then we do a little lesson. Um, I kind of put together a little fun series for it, and it's pretty, pretty exciting. So we're gonna go through that for the next about eight weeks, and then it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, Jeremy's writing a book. Just so you guys know, come Possibly. out, come we're, out. We'll, it's, <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be really good. No, yeah. I, I think it's gonna be really great, especially for guys. Um, mm moving forward so hey um all that to say if you're listening to this podcast thursdays at 6 30 in the morning uh down there at denny's um be there it's gonna be great so uh well hey uh so some small talk i uh i wanted to talk with you because i saw caitlin showed me my my wife caitlin by the way if you're listening to this caitlin showed me this graphic uh the other day and it's uh, all of the movies that disney Mm -hmm. is coming out with um and some I'm looking forward to. Like I'm kind of curious, right? Like Zootopia too. Kind of curious where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, however, I saw a, a few. So number one, um, Kung Fu Panda Four uh, is the in theaters. Look okay. Looks pretty good. Uh, Toy Story Five. Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Moana Two. That's the second one. Frozen Three well, and I think Four. What's about Moana Two? Is everybody's like, oh, they're making a live action, making a live action. And then here comes this teaser of a new animated. And yeah. you're like, wait, they're doing both? Or yeah, what's, they, what's I, I think they're doing both. Yeah, I don't yes. know. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I feel like, hey, well, how about do something new? But anyways, um, yeah, so uh, Toy Story 5, Cars 4, Frozen 3 and 4. Um, and so when you get up to those numbers, 4, 5, 6, right? Uh, although I'm a fan of good movies, um, not everything can be Star Wars, right? Where you can have 20 movies and it actually kind of kind of works, right? Because mm-hmm. like with Star Wars, like yeah, you have trilogies, but they're yeah. kind of like miniseries within it's, the big series, it's right? It's a whole galaxy of stories that you can yeah, but get, when it's a, together basically yeah, when you, it's a cowboy toy, like. Oh my gosh! Like you know, at what point does it <laughs> yeah. become too much? You know, like no, and so my 100%. my the, the, I can, the, my my question for this first kind of small talk segment is we're chilling here and Manny and the Manny Cam, you guys you can hop in by the way, because um, I'm kind of passionate about this. At what at what point is it too much? And then like what series or multiple? And this is not just Disney, all right. Even though Disney is getting really good at just redoing old things and not doing new stuff, um, what series needs to end? Right when we talk about four, five, six movies, like what? Which one needs to be moved on from? What do you think? Um, I'm gonna speak on the Cars side because okay. that is literally my favorite Disney like Pixar movie is Cars. Um, which in my opinion, it's only two movies because Cars Two is a mater movie, not. Yeah, it's that's not, a major tell. Do with the I don't know why cars, they called it Cars Two. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I thought they literally ended it like beautifully. 
Yeah. I don't think they needed to go anywhere with it. So the fact that they're making a Cars 4, which should just be Cars 3, yeah. I'm... I could see, because if they wanted to just trilogy, like, end it out on a... Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. I could see, but I'm really... No, not... Well, and I feel like it's going to be, like, the 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 new Avengers, right? It's all very female, right? And then what you have Cruz Ramirez at the end of it. So I, I don't know if it's, like, a new series. They're like, oh, here's the next Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Uh, but again, like, do something new, you know? Um, like, we're happy for the girl car. She won the race. Good job. But... I mean, it's definitely why. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the problem is when you have such, like, when that first movie is so good, mm-hmm. where do you go from there? And then they, they did great with Cars 3, but yeah. It's a reoccurring, like, they're trying to milk the, what they had. Yeah. But just like you designed it to be what it was. Yeah. It'd be great. Leave it at that. Oh, dude, think of something new, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was growing up, Disney movies, like, was it was notoriously known that Disney sequels were not good, right? Like, yeah, Tar- Tarzan was a great movie. Tarzan 2 was awful. And some good coffee right there. <laughs> was beautiful. Right, Tarzan. Uh, by the way, if you like these NG mugs, you guys can get them on uh, lhchd.org mm-hmm. forward slash shop. You guys can get some some NG mugs, stuff like that. But, um, right, so, like, when my generation, uh, Disney sequels were known as not being good. Like, if yeah. it was a sequel to a movie, it was not going to be good. Well, now... Like, okay, a couple of the sequels are good, but then they just won't stop. And, yeah. and when they stop doing it, they're like, well, let's go back and do the whole thing again in live action or do the whole thing again with a different character. And it's just yeah. That's another thing. They're going to do another it. Lion King yeah. live action. Oh, yeah. There's a Mufasa yeah. movie. Yeah, I was like, what? what yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think for me, even though I'm a huge – if you've been in my office, you know uh, I'm a big fan of Buzz Lightyear. I love Toy Story. But, man – a toy can only go through so much, you know? I they um, agree. They should have left it toy at, story. Andy went to college. That should have been it. Yeah, Toy Story 3, like, hey, end it there. It's great. Even though it was in the Toy Story 4, I watched it the other day with Kennedy. It was a good movie, all right? It's, it's a good movie, but still, like, do something new. Yeah. And, like, they've had spinoffs and shorts and everything of that movie. And, like, you know, um, gosh, I mean, it's been around for 20-something, 30 years. I think 1995, I think, was the first um, – First Toy Story, I think. Man, you can check that. I don't know. Uh, but 1995, and man, our man in the chair. He's man typing. Chair. Right? Uh, but man, he, he's going to check it out for us. But I think it was 1995 that the first one came out. Um, so we're going on 30 years um, of those of those movies. Now, oh, my gosh. So 93. So years. over 30. 31. Yeah, 31 years. 93. That's, crazy. That's yeah. Like, what? Dude, And again, why? like, not everything can be Star Wars, right? Because, like, that's a series of series, right? Like, you have multiple things coming together for that. But, man, eventually, like, you just got to The worst part is it, I think it, go. It, it hurts their reputation more than anything. Yeah. Like, you're just damaging yourself to make – to drag something on. And, like, oh, yeah. you're like, oh, well, now they're just not originally more. Oh, they just want money. Now it's yeah, like – Yeah, you're communicating to the world that you're, well, you've you lost Toy creativity. Story, you <laughs> think of that first ever CGI full animated Pixar movie yeah. that was awesome. But yep. then now you're like, oh, but we don't talk about – four five six seven like you don't talk about those like, yeah well and it's funny because like you know these companies and like you know even kung fu panda you know like that's dreamworks um but even still like kung fu panda four okay four like yeah. like and again that's another one that's been around for a super long time like you know do something original uh and and be more creative or just move into something new right uh so i don't know it's just kind of like uh beating like beating a dead it horse right of like you have the shows like like the flash or like once upon a time like all those shows that like every episode's just a new villain and then oh cliffhanger 
and then it's the same villain. Oh, and then he dies, and then oh, a new villain. And yes. Then, oh, cliffhanger, and yeah. then oh, he dies, yeah. and then oh, rinse repeat. Guess what? New, new villain. villain. Yeah. Like it's like yeah, <laughs> rinse. Yeah, you got the rinse. The rinse repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, and I like I think yeah. It, at some point you've got to you've got to move on. You got to know when to end it. I mean, mm-hmm. I love The Office, but it should have ended when Michael Scott left. Like. You know, um, Scrubs, huge fan of Scrubs, and then they randomly came out with this season. It's just, and the problem is, like, you go from like having a historic ending to like, mm-hmm. oh, we want to keep going, and it's just not, it's not good. It's like finishing the marathon, and you're like, hey, you gonna, you want to go for a three mile run? No, because no. it's gonna burn. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's not good, right? Yeah. And not good for your soul. Um, but that does lead to a question. And actually, I kind of asked this question last night. Um, we had a great turnout with students. We talked about singleness um, as we started our DTR series, mm-hmm. which I'm super pumped about. Hopefully none of your relationships ended after that. If they did, uh, blame the Bible, not me. All right, but um, <laughs> but uh, we talked about that, and actually, we, just for fun, we did we did a speed it. dating, friend dating, speed dating questions, that kind of thing. And so that leads me to this question, okay? And Manny, feel free to hop in. All right, um, if you could live in, how did I phrase it? What animated film would you live in? Oh, and and like, what would you do there? Okay, are we talking just Disney, or what do we? Oh heck no! Not just no? Disney. Does, Disney doesn't own me. Okay, right? we could <laughs> we could do more than Disney. Dra- Dragon, Dragon Ball? Ball. That's a good one, Manny. Okay, Manny. Just, Manny what, says what would Dragon, you be Ball. In Dragon Ball. I feel like that'd be highly Goku. That'd be, be dangerous. <laughs> He's gonna Goku. That'd be dangerous, man. You're like grocery no. shopping, someone hits you with the ball. I will stand by this because I've always said if I could ever live in any movie series or any movie anything, and this includes because it is animated too, is Star Wars. Star Wars. Yep, one hundred percent. I would be in the Clone Wars. Like I would what? have been a clone that got out so and then became be, okay. a bounty hunter, and I just traveled the universe. See, and... So that's what I was gonna ask: is like, what would you be? Because because yeah. I was gonna say like, if you're a random citizen in Star Wars, you do no. not want to live in. No. Star, you're just helpless mm-hmm. completely. You know, um, everybody goes for like, I'll be a Jedi, and I think that's sick. I would love to be a Jedi. They're all dead. Like, what? Here's <laughs> the thing that I like you. is I love the clones, and I thought it'd be I thought it was so cool when Rex was like confirmed alive and then he got out and I was like I would be a clone that survived okay. got the chip removed and then now the I'm bad just batch. traveling the world the universe being a bounty hunter so like you'd just be, collecting you'd be part of the bad batch mm. I got you okay but I'd be better but better the yeah, better batch I would have been, star- been a clone commando and then got out yeah, he's got so this. I would have been like the All Navy right. SEAL clone that got out, and then <laughs> now I'm a freelance CIA. Like... Freelance. Uh, so if Jeremy disappears, <laughs> we know that he is in a galaxy far, far away. Far, far um, away. Uh, and I might we're gonna, find you. We're gonna and pray for him. Um, sell you on the black market. Man, I don't even know. Uh, animated film. Gosh, I and I'm the one that asked this question, but I I'm so unprepared. Uh, hmm. You know, I think it'd be pretty rad uh, to live in um, a bug's life as a bug. What would you be? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I just not expect that. that's like, a good one. Well, I know, it, and it's it's just the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. But um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but one of the, the saddest moments is if you go to California Adventure. It's not now there it's anymore. I know Avengers Campus is I there never now, got to experience which that is cool. Me. Yeah, but like you walk in and everything's big, right? Um, you know, the, uh, you're walking through a, a box of cereal or whatever it may be. And now this stuff's just gone. But, but I don't know, like that, that world where you're a bug when I remember being a kid and I, I wished that like, I could like shrink down yeah. and like walk around. There was this movie called the borrowers where you like, you know, you had these small little itty bitty people, mm-hmm. uh, that when you would go to bed or when you were gone, they'd like walk around, you know, whatever. And I've always thought that that'd be like, you know, super yeah. cool. So yeah, I think bugs life. And I mean, obviously if you're going to be a bug, there's literally a song called it's tough to be a bug in that movie yeah so i don't want to be an ant 
Um, that just sounds exhausting. Uh, so I got to go with Black Widow, man. Black Widow spider? I have to be a Black Widow. Yeah. I got to be able to defend. I mean, it's, There's one problem, it's, a, though, with it's a buggy bug world out there. If you find a woman, you're dead. They're going to eat you. So the gift of singleness, right? I just <laughs> I just be... preached on the gift of singleness, yeah. right? No, I mean, Caitlin, Caitlin would be my other mm. uh, spider. She wouldn't, mm. she wouldn't eat me, eat my head off, bite my head off. I don't know. Be... I hope not. Anyway. Wild. Yeah, I, I, I'd, be a, I'd be a bug. I'd probably be a prey mantis. She's going to be like, oh, okay. Just straight. Yeah, just like but that. But if I got just a like relationship too, she bite my head off, so I'm done. You know. Hey, why is it that all of the strongest bugs, <laughs> the, the, the men die horribly? They're, and that's a horribly. podcast so podcast for next uh, week. So sad. Uh, no, so yeah. Um, comment in if you guys are um watching us on YouTube or listening on Spotify, or whatever. Let us know what what uh, what animated film uh, would you live in? So Manny, you're sticking with Dragon Ball. Yeah. Really. He's gonna. Okay. He's gonna take out Jiren. He's gonna yeah, be the next Super Saiyan. God of Destruction. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm. I'm gonna be completely frank with you. Uh, I wasn't a part of the Dragon Ball era. Yeah. Like, it was kind of a toss up. I was more the Pokemon side mm. than the Dragon Ball side, which would also be pretty rad to live in. You know what? Living in the Pokemon world would be pretty rad. Like Pikachu, yeah. I choose you, and then like do the dishes. You know, like that'd be pretty. <laughs> be pretty rad. You know, and saying <laughs> you've got a. a a pocket full of uh, an electric pipe doing dishes that's great. toxic. <laughs> well, oh wait, I didn't think about that. Out. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, powers out again. No, that would uh, be so exactly. funny. Yeah. yeah, but that I mean, you play the games. They're all just kind of walking around. Yeah. You know, you got some guy with a Pokemon that's doing his laundry for him. Like, you have that so much awesome. untapped potential. I would. But I would. anyways, we really got to move on. Well, I hey, uh, <laughs> last week talked about the Super Bowl. Uh, for those of you that rooted for the 49ers, I'm so sorry about you. Um, but uh but they 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 they, they lost they you lost. know they they didn't come all the way through um and uh and that's all right um i i'm actually curious i didn't i haven't gotten to uh to watch it yet but i'm curious to see you guys talked about brock purdy last week and yeah. i'm actually curious to see um to see how he's responded to that um since that time but our, our thoughts and our prayers do go out um to um um chiefs fans that were out there uh, there was a shooting actually yeah. out there at their um at their celebration mm-hmm. parade uh a couple days ago or yesterday mm-hmm. and um apparently you know this is kind of the saddest part of it but it was literally uh basically just a fight between fans broke out and that's what mm-hmm. caused that you know and it just it kind of breaks your heart when you mm-hmm. see people that are that are that passionate about about sports that it would literally take someone's life you know and, yeah. and injure 15 other people you know and so our, our thoughts and prayers go to those families um, but also just you know that's just kind of a reminder of man where your treasure is or your heart will be also also. like just be careful um as we talked about sports and success last week just be really careful about uh, how what you're passionate about right um and actually uh we're kind of we're we're talking about um, our passions right uh and, and today we're really talking about uh, complaining and and uh, we can throw this story up again shout out to the pour over news uh, go ahead and follow them on instagram uh, all that kind of stuff but uh man this this story came out that yesterday apparently i haven't seen how many actually did um, um but yesterday apparently uber lyft drivers decided to Don't strike, strike. <laughs> uh and um what's interesting and this is very funny to me i don't want to belittle anybody's problems but uh I find it highly ironic that what they stri- what they were on strike about was un- unsafe work conditions and obviously the pay. Like a lot of times when people strike, mm-hmm. it's because of money. Now here's here's why I, I find that so interestingly 
I don't even know the word. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Your working conditions are your car, um, your and vehicle. you choose what that vehicle is. Um, so I don't know what what that entails, where that's coming from. But uh, if you're a, a if you're not a fan of your working conditions, and you know, I hear Tesla's got I feel some like this vehicles is a problem and... that they could solve with like a document, like when they sign up, it's just at your own risk. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure they probably and do, and that's why, like you know, and the story said that you know they're not or Uber Lyft, they weren't really too worried about it. But um, but man, like. They specifically tro- chose Valentine's Day. They 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 were going to strike at airports where a lot of people get Uber lifts. Mm-hmm. But man, when you look at the circumstances around this, like in my head, and I again, I don't want to belittle this, but I just my immediate thought is just how petty. Like like how well, imagine if you just flew in from a, like a work trip and it's Valentine's Day, you got to go get your wife, yep. some flowers, go home, see her, and then. All the Ubers and around you are like, yeah, no. Yeah, but I, even with that, like, if you just look at the circumstances, the reasons why they're striking, to me, I just like it. Just makes my heart sad um, for humanity. You know that that it's a uh, literally was created as a side hustle, yes. not as a full time job where you're building retirement. Which some some people do make very good money doing that. Um, um, more than I do, actually. If you're a driver out in L.A. or whatever. Um, but I think it just again like that whole story kind of sparked this um, this this conversation that we're going to have today about complaining, right? Mm-hmm. About uh, even us as Christians, like I hate to say it, but we live in a complaining culture, right? Absolutely. Like there is a whole department of big corporations made for complaints, right? A place where you can submit your your complaints to that. When you submit a review, nine times out of ten, most of the time when you're reviewing something, it's because you don't like it and you want to complain. So so beware the reviews. Very rarely do you go on and say, man, I just love that so much. I want to let the world know. Most of the time, we're more compassionate about our complaints. Our, what we feel is wrong about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just that's our culture. And, you know, whether your coffee is made wrong or your food is is not as good. And, and Caitlin will tell you this, like, I am the, the last person to send my food back. Like, I can order chicken. They would bring me steak and I'm just going to eat it. Right. Like, mm. un, I mean, unless there's like a big old ball of fungus on it, you know, that's just yeah. not safe. But but, you know, it just kind of leads to this this mentality of our culture that it's just it's a complaining culture and, and uh, what do we, what do we do? You know? And, and again, like, it's not bad to stand up for, for, for things, right. Which we'll Absolutely. talk about, we'll talk about here I in a second. I will return my food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's my thing is like, do I know they're going to, yeah, like, very, not ever, but I'm like, I, if it's wrong, I'm going to be like, Hey, yeah, I, I, respectfully as I can. 100%. Yeah. And I get like, you're paying for it, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But barring like any, you know, this you know massive disgusting situation um i i I mean i don't know but there are people that uh you know i've I've been in restaurants um where the food was wrong beautifully cooked nothing wrong with it Mm. but people are just so mean like i agree like as like they take personal shots at the waitress waitress or waiter whatever it may be and and this is just this culture of like man i'm not being my needs aren't being met and i'm not happy and so what do i do i strike i'm gonna rise up and we've seen this so much and and people get passionate right we just talked about people get passionate but the reason why i want to talk about this today is because we get passionate about the wrong things and we are more passionate to defend our um, our comfort um, and our opinions than we are truth, and so that's that's yeah. really why I want to talk about this because it it does kind of expose a little bit of our culture that that you can really read this story uh, or read the headline of the story and roll your eyes, right? Um, but in reality, gosh, man, this like this is us, especially in today's world. It's so much based off of 
like nobody can just agree on like to disagree there's so much like we have to find common ground or it's like there's no there's it's your way my way or the highway like there is no common ground anymore it seems like and it's one of those things where it's like it's very like you can't just have a genuine conversation about something or just be kind about it anymore it's one of those hard things like today's culture is so like my opinion i put this into i did this like i did the research you got this this is true you're false and it's like well and culture feeds into that right like you know you live your truth i mean we can talk about postmodernism where everybody has their own truth you know Uh, when in reality biblically we believe in an objective truth there's only one standard of truth right um, and it's not, you don't determine what that is. Scripture determines what that is. And so what do we do as Christians, right? Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, even in a small sense, like, let's say that I get my food and I ordered chicken with no sauce and there's sauce on it. Like, what do I, what do I do? You know, um, mm-hmm. all the way up to, um, you know, when it's hot outside, like, you know, what are we supposed to do? I mean, Philippians 2, uh, Philippians 2, 14, 15. Um, if you guys have your Bibles, this, this, passage right here do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of god without blemish in the in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world like that's do everything without grumbling and complaining yeah you know what that word means in the greek everything right everything without grumbling and that's really where this comes up is like well how far does that go like and, and 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 what's the difference between defending and complaining uh, when it comes to to the things that that we're passionate about, that or or um, that we uh, uh, that we feel like we are rightfully owned or rightfully um, uh, deserving of, right? Yeah. So, and, and that's what we that's really what what sparks this conversation. Um, because again, if you notice the context that he says, well, why why aren't we grumbling and complaining? And again, this is written two thousand years ago, right? Over a little a little less than two thousand years ago, and he says. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish, where? In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, right? And so again, like, why are we not grumbling? Why are we not complaining, right? It's because as you do that, it's, it's a testament to everybody around you. And I, and I think all of us would agree that we have a, a twisted generation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, would you say we have a twisted generation? Yeah, it's very dark. Yeah. Right. And that's, there's nothing new under the sun, right? As, as the Bible says that yeah. it was twisted back then in different ways and it's twisted now, you know, as, as we look at, um, as, as we look at a lot, a lot of things that people get more excited about a football game because of one person in attendance, you know, I was actually, your dad was over at our house and I feel like every time the camera panned over to, we're not going to say names, I was, I almost but it rhymes, just... it rhymes with <laughs> Schmaler Schwip. Swift, um, but uh, every time it panned over there, he's like, "We don't want to see Taylor Swift." And actually, he didn't want the Chiefs to win simply because <laughs> of Taylor Swift. It had so nothing to do with yeah, exactly like right? that. Though, it was so um, funny. but again, like we you know, we just have this topsy turvy, like, selfish, yeah. twisted generation. It's not new. I mean, this has been something that's going on. But why? Why do we want to make sure that we don't grumble, we don't complain? It's because that we want to shine as lights in the midst of a dark, of a dark generation. Yeah, I think it's very important to look at that aspect of where's like you're complaining, especially in your, your character. Like, is it changing your character and your fruit, right? We're to display those good fruits. And yeah. if you're doing something that is changing that toward it's now bringing that anger, it's bringing these things that are going to change to a bad fruit, or now we're contributing to that darkness. That's where we're crossing the line. Like literally yesterday went and got coffee and Kylie's coffee was just 
like no coffee. It was milk and sugar. Like that was like, <laughs> and she looked they at forgot, it. It was like they forgot white, that, that like ingredient. white, just like milk. And she was like, I'd kind of like some coffee with my coffee. Yeah. And I was like, would you like me to go ask for it? Like to get some coffee in it. And uh, she was too shy. So I went up and I just grabbed her coffee and went. But it was one of those things where I walked up and I literally pulled out my wallet. And I was like, hey, could you literally just add an espresso shot to this? And she, like, looked at me. It was like, yeah, absolutely. You don't even need to pay. Walked over, put an espresso shot in it. Yeah. And it's like, I easily could have been like, um, this drink's way too sweet. Make me a new one. Like, yeah. I paid for this. This is, can I have a new drink, please? Because this is wrong. But it was one of those, like, I didn't want to be a nuisance. I didn't want to, like, be a jerk in mm-hmm. the sense. So it was like, just solve it simply because it could be solved simply. And it worked out perfectly. The lady was super kind. She even didn't even ask me to pay for the extra shot. It was just a nice exchange of two human beings just yeah. <laughs> human beings yeah, like, yeah, can I just we're get being a little more coffee in my coffee and it was it can works. i have some coffee in my coffee yeah. <laughs> uh, uh yeah i'll actually say that even when there's coffee in my coffee i ask for more coffee in there but yeah. um no but and, and again like I, that brings up well, we're, why we're talking about this because again there is a way and again like you don't just have to deal with it like if somebody spits on your food you can't be like oh i'm a christian so i have to eat it like that's not what we're saying but there is a way that we can go about this and so Mm -hmm. the question that i have right there is at what point should christians speak up about things because it is okay for us to respond to things, you know, because you're you're paying for something that's the services owned, right? Services owed. Okay, so if I'm if I'm gonna pay you, it's a transaction. If I'm gonna pay you for something, I expect to receive what I'm paying for, right? Like if if I ha- if I do rent a teen and you guys come to my house to to rake leaves and you guys sit around for two hours and there's no leaves. I'm probably not going to pay you, right? Why? Yeah. It's not because I'm mean. It's just because that there is there's a transaction that's involved there. So there's a what what this is clearly saying is there's a manner in which we go about that, right? Yeah. That that there's a difference between defending and complaining. Yeah, and my one of the first things that came to me was First Peter four nine, and it says, "Be hospitable to one another without complaining." Mm-hmm. I, I love that verse because one of those things like. We need to be hospitable about the way we go about our things. Yeah. And it's to others, everyone. Like, be hospitable to people without that complaining on that side. Well, and that's all relationship, right? Like, mm-hmm. everything there, and reconciliation, repairing the relationship, that's all about what that is, is, yeah. is that hospitality is I want to make sure that, that, that you are, um, that you're welcome, that you feel, um, um, valued, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and even when you've been wronged, right? I mean, if you even think about what Scripture says about our enemies, that we're supposed to pray for those that persecute us, right? So again, like it's so much about just putting value on relationship, um, because when someone does wrong, we do speak up, yeah. right? But there is a way to, I mean, biblically, you just read a great passage, but there's a way to speak up. Mm-hmm. without complaining right absolutely um, and again like it has everything to do with tone it has everything to do with desire um, motivation like all of those things in there i mean if you look at james when he says be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry like slow your roll you know like slow down um before you respond out of anger and out of impatience yeah. so i completely agree matthew 18 i'm gonna i'm gonna read uh this to you um uh verses 15 to 17 it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, right? So this is very clearly Jesus saying, hey, go and tell him. Like, if someone has sinned against you, if someone has done something wrong, uh, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone, right? And again, between you and him alone. And again, when the most of the time when we complain, oh, we, go right we like to, right we, behind other backs. people 
the public. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna air it out there. Twitter, like Anybody whatever. But the person you have sorry, a problem with. Sorry, sorry, X. Not Twitter, <laughs> right? Um, but we want to air it out. We want everybody yeah. to know about it, you know. And but this is just between you and him, right? Don't go talk to your boys about it or your girlfriends about it or whatever it may be. Like this is between you and him, you and her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So again, why do you go and talk to him about it? To gain a brother, it's all about relationship. I want to restore the relationship when wrong has been in. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right, And so when we talk about this passage, again, it's very relationship-based, that, that we should value not getting what we feel like we deserve. Yeah. We should value the res- the restoration of relationship that that I'm going to confront the other person so that the relationship can be restored, right? Yeah. And when we have that um, that mentality, uh, I think it disarms people, right? Like it it takes you, so to speak, off your high horse, right? Like, okay, I'm not going to attack you and complain because I feel like I've been wronged. Yeah, right? I think one of the biggest things too is nowadays there's so much like just how can I say it. Like communication is not done well in today's culture, especially mm. now in new generation. Like we're so much enveloped, like just involved with social media, our phones. Like I think this, the actual communication between people is one of those things that has been really taken for granted, especially <laughs> in today's generation and culture. And it's one of those things where just go meet with them one on one and just talk it out. Yep. And it's one of those things that nowadays we don't do. No. It's I'm gonna go to my friend and talk to him about about on his back because it's there's no personal connection or it's not going to hurt me when it actually is but it's it's one of those things where if you have the good communication with another person you guys can just get on a level playing field that agree to disagree if you have to or come to good common ground it's one of those things that it can solve a problem like that well and and again like this exposes that you have to know the right standard right so like the word sin means to miss the mark so what are we defending we're not defending our opinions right And you have to understand what what the mark is, what is truth, right? Yeah. What is right, because that's what we're defending, right? We're not defending like, oh, you know, I prefer PlayStation. He likes Xbox, which makes him an idiot. Like, yeah. no, right? That's not biblical at all. And so we have to understand what that right standard is yeah. so that we can evaluate, all right, this is this is my opinion. And even though we love our opinions— I, I shouldn't fight with other people just to defend my own opinion, right? Yeah. But if it is truth, if it is doctrine, if it is clearly put in place in Scripture, well, then that's when we go, right? Yeah. If someone has sinned against you, confront them. Not like if someone has a different opinion or if someone called you dumb, like whatever it may be. Someone said your hair looks weird, like whatever. We don't go grumbling, complain to a bunch of people and just air out whatever we have mm-hmm. uh, to the world. Because, again, just like it's said in Philippians, the world's watching. Like Absolutely. that crooked generation is watching you, and instead of adding more dark, or instead of pulling more light away from the darkness, you need to, we need to add more light, right? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes too with that is like you have to have self control. Yes, find it because if you're that person that if that person is not agreeing with you and it's just irritating you more and more and more, you should probably stop mm-hmm. and check yourself and where is that truth really? Because it's not our job to convince people, and it's not our job to convert everybody to truth. Yeah. It's our job to tell them of truth, yes. and the Lord is going to 
work in their lives and in their hearts to accept that truth or not. Well, and even, even Peter says what we're defending is our hope, yeah. right? Like we're, we're defending the hope that we have, right? And that as people observe us as light in the midst of darkness, they see something that's different. We're not saying anything about it. What The way that we live our lives is actually what causes them to ask you about it. And then you offer a defense for the hope that you have, right? Um, and even here, you're defending right, a yeah. righteous standard um, that is laid out by Scripture. And I think what happens there is it disarms us that that if we feel like we've been personally wronged or whatever it may be, it helps us move past it because, again, in the grand scheme of things, in an eternal perspective, when we think about salvation, hey, is it going to help me per- display the light of Jesus to this person if I now put them down, right? Mm. Um and try and put them in their place just so that way I can triumph and I can win and, and, and I get what I feel like I am owed. Um, in reality, we're not owed anything. Um, and, and we have to remember that because, again, I mean, think about what your complaints are born out of, right? Mm-hmm. Like most of the time when we're complaining, like it's we're like Jonah, right? Yeah. We're, we're complaining about the, um, the, the, the plant or the shade or whatever it may be when we didn't even like – that 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 misses the complete mark of 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 what we're on this earth to do, and so yeah. again, I think it has everything to do with with perspective and and um and really what what we're talking about right here is contentment versus complaining. Like, yeah. are you content um, in who you are? Are you content in who Christ says you are? Are you content in what you have? Um, because if not, you're going to complain, right? Yeah. You're going to be like Israel in the desert, you know. Uh, God brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness, provided manna, provided water from the rock, and what did they do? They complained. Yeah. Um, they complained about the heat. They complained, well, I would like I would like some meat too. Like they complained that, oh, God just brought us into the desert to kill us. Well, they weren't content in what God had given them, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, like, uh, am I gonna complain and put someone in their place because I feel wronged? Mm-hmm. Well, how much is that going to turn that person away from from ever? Yeah. wanting anything to do with with jesus and again it's is it is it easy no because we're selfish people right we're, we're prideful people we're arrogant people um, and that's why we need those fruits of the spirit right you have to have the holy spirit in you because look at what all the fruits of the spirit i mean when you have a person that's a complainer are they pra- practicing love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control mm-hmm. no like like nope. like if you are uh if you are complaining and passionately just being rude to people because you've been wronged based off of your opinion and what you think you're owed, none of that sounds like the fruits of the spirit, you know? Absolutely. Um, And again, Paul says in Philippians two, that the world is watching, right? Everyone's watching what you're going to do, what you're going to say, especially if they know that you go to church. Like, like, and we've said this before a lot in our church that you might be the only exposure to the gospel, to the church, um, to the Bible that anyone ever has, like the way you live your life. Yeah. They're watching you. I think it's also really important too. It's like, I think a lot of complaining also stems from the fact of sometimes we can be content in the wrong things. And one Mm -hmm. of those areas is laziness. Um, like a lot of times I see like, like take the Uber instance for, this is supposed to be made as like a side hustle. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people will be like, well, I don't want to actually work. So I'm just going to do this for a living. And now they're complaining that they're not getting paid enough that they have to work in their car, things like that. And it can easily turn into that 
they're content with just being lazy, but they want more for their laziness. Which, um, and again, like, I know that, you know, sometimes it can be unsafe, right? Like, you know, as I've had Uber, Lyft drivers and stuff like that, they've got some crazy stories, you know, yeah. like I love, I was like, you know, one of my number one questions, which by the way, if you're ever on an Uber or Lyft, you have a captive audience to talk to them about Jesus. Just oh, heads up, because yeah. uh, that driver wants the money from that ride. You can just ask them, you know. Um, they're, they're stuck with you in that car. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and you got a great opportunity. And even if you don't share the gospel directly, you can still, you can still. It's a cool way to meet people. Uh, yeah, it's a cool way to meet people. It's a cool way to encourage people. Um, and, um, but, you know, I've had some, my, my favorite question to ask him is like, all right, what's the craziest story you've got? And oh, man, yeah. they've got some crazy stories, especially, Why? you know, those late night drivers. Um, they, they get all of the people that, you know, had a little bit too much on their mm -hmm. weekend plans, you know? Um, so yes, like it's unsafe sometimes. And I get that, but, but really what we're talking about here is, is not necessarily like, should they respond? Cause obviously if you, if you feel like you're not being paid adequately or if you're you're take if you're being taken advantage of mm -hmm. right well there's a clear line for that yeah. um but this this goes beyond that this is striking this is inconveniencing other people yeah simply for reasons that that in and of themselves are are largely yeah. selfish right um and so what i mean what is what is at the root of that yeah. it's a discontent and so i want to read philippians Absolutely. 4 right uh 10 through 13 again like philippians 13 10 uh, 4 13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can I can run a marathon. I can go to the Super Bowl through Christ who strengthens me. And, and, and like that's 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 the and guys, I have seen athletic Christian athletic apparel, motivational T-shirts. This is your top. Oh yeah, centered around this. Like I can be in the UFC through Christ who strengthens me. Like whatever. Like this is one of the most misquoted verses yeah, in all of scripture. And it's well known across across Christian sectors. It is well yeah. known that this is misquoted, right? Many, many verses. Because this is not talking about you triumphing and being great. Um, nope. And Jesus is just going to give you everything you want. That's not what it's talking about. Paul um, says, if you go back a few verses to verse 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, um, and that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Mm. Not I should be, not I'm going to try to be, I, I am, am to be. Like this is a requirement. I know how to be brought low, and he does. I mean, earlier in scripture, he actually lays out his resume, so to speak. He's shipwrecked twice, beaten to the almost to the point of death, like stoned, kicked yeah. out of cities. Like he's he knows what it's like to be brought low, but he also knows what it's like to be to abound because he was in the Sanhedrin, right? And so he was kind of the top of the top. He he describes himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? Yeah, he's he's up there, so he does know. Um, but in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret, and I love that word of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need and then he says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and so again where your treasure is there your heart will be also like at the end of the day what's most important for you mm -hmm. are you glorifying god do you have that eternal perspective of like you know what they messed up my food order but i don't need to get upset about that because after one second in heaven after one second with Jesus, it just it it doesn't matter. It's it's not it's not the yeah. most important thing. Um and so I can I can put my I can put my guard down and you know what, it is what it is and, and move on from there. Absolutely. I think it's really cool that like what Paul is speaking here, because so many people yeah, just focus on thirteen. But it's one of those things where he's like 
he's learned to be content in those things that he's had, the plenty and the few. Um, and I think like the 13, verse 13 really scribes from the point where even in those low spots where he's shipwrecked, he's in prison, the Lord provided with what he needed, not with what he wanted. Yes. And I think so much of it today is we're complaining because of things we want, not because of things we need. Yes. Um, and that's one of the biggest things where it's like, if you're an Uber driver and you're not making enough money to live, maybe you need another job. Yeah. Um, it's not that you want more pay in that job. Maybe we need to step up and get a new job and put in that work and that effort to something that we need. Yeah. Well, and we'll get to the, the, the subject of, of pay for sure. I mean, that, that's absolutely one of those things. Cause I think we're, we're definitely going to defend our wallets. You know, that's one of the things that we will most passionately defend. Yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, especially as you see inflation happening and those kinds of things, you know, again, like the Bible does say a lot about um, adequately compensating people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it does say a lot about that. Right. And being um, being equitable, being fair um, with with wages and those kinds of things, whether it's in the church or outside of the church. Right. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's like that's that's very clearly in Scripture. Um, however, uh, there's a point where, where we need to to, um, you know, just. What, what's the phrase? Um, live to fight another day, so to speak. Mm. You know, like I, I could go complain. I could get passionately upset. But at the end of the day, you know what? To restore, to, to preserve the relationship, to make sure that he sees that I'm light. Is it better for me to say, hey, you know, hey, don't worry about it. You know, maybe next time. Is it easy? No. That's why they're called the fruits of the spirit, not the fruits of Jeremy, not the fruits of Manny. Yeah. These are the fruits of the spirit. So without the spirit, you can't do this. But what do we do instead, right? Uh, and it's and, and again, like we can have all these quick fixes, like okay, when you're angry, close your eyes and count to ten, take a deep breath, and then you know, okay, like you've got all these quick, like whatever quick fixes. But what does the Bible say? Like I like yeah. I like okay, if I am hot headed, because because Jesus, you know, he went through all the same temptations that we do. Um, he's he's a he's a God that can empathize, right? He understands yeah. where we've been because he's been there. He was fully human, right? So what? Are, how do we respond? Like when we feel like we've been wronged, uh, I mean, James actually says, pray, pray instead of complain. Yeah. Uh, James 5, 13 through 17, is anyone among you suffering? Um, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Absolutely. Right. And so, again, like, what's the context of what we're supposed to do in life? Man, everything yeah. is met with prayer. I think it's for sure. It, like, I think that's the perfect example because, like, Philippians 4.13, so many people, like, take it as I can do all things through Christ. Where it's like you can't do anything without Christ. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things yeah, where— good point. We look through that lens of he strengthens me, which, yes, he does, but you're trying to take lead. When that's false, you're supposed to follow Christ. Um, and it's one of those biggest things where it's like you look in Nehemiah. Every time he was met with trial in Israel to rebuild the walls, the first thing he ever did was pray. Yeah. And it's like every time it happened like four or five times, he just quit to write to prayer. Yeah. Write to prayer every time. And it's one of those things where you can do things. But through Christ. So how are you seeking Christ in those situations? Yeah. Well, I think so many complaining stems for the fact is we're trying to seek what we're wanting in those areas. Yes. And not what Christ is looking for us to do in those areas. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We, we, again, we defend ourselves more, the more than we defend truth. Right. Yeah. Um, 
that again, like Paul even says, man, this is a secret. Like this is something that's not commonly known, right? Like what is that secret? Man, it's Christ. Like, like it is not commonly known how to address this, uh, this concept of, man, how do I walk through trials and triumph mm-hmm. um, and, and, and do so consistently? Well, it's, it's a secret. Like it, not a lot of people know about it, yeah. right? Um, and it's Jesus. Like it's not some quick fix. It's not some, you know, five-step plan. It's literally like, man, I need Jesus's help. And how do I do that? Man, I pray. Like, and again, like prayer is not my last resort. It's my first resort. Like, like even when, like, if you think, okay, let's take Esther. Oh yeah. Esther and, and, and the nation of Israel had every right to complain, right? Like Haman was about to commit genocide, you know? Um, and what does Esther say to do? She doesn't say, Hey, let's start a campaign. Let's go outside and let's strike. Right. And if we, if we form, we all get together and we have a big strike and we, and we, whatever, then we can, maybe we can do something about this. No, she says, man, I, I'm going to pray and fast and I need you all to pray pray and fast fast with me. And I'm going to go talk to the one person, the King that can do someone about something about it, right? Yeah. That I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go fight and and mouth off to Haman. Uh, I'm gonna go do what is right. I'm gonna yeah. defend what is right. Which and she says, even if she dies, right? Yeah. Like maybe I'm here for such a time as this. Like even if it kills me, I'm gonna defend truth and what is right. She immediately relied on Christ. Whereas like she's like, all right, we can just overthrow him. Like let's go, all the Israelites, let's unite. Let's just overthrow the kingdom. Yeah. Whereas like she immediately thought of Christ and was like, I'm gonna pursue you in this area just protect us yeah and it's one of those things where she immediately sought that prayer she immediately told him hey devote yeah, we need god's to help lord not yeah. to us yeah we, yeah we need the father's help for this mm-hmm. right we need god's help and so that's that perspective of like man what do i do i don't try and handle it on my own and then if all else fails i pray uh man we seek first the kingdom of God and Absolutely. his righteousness. And, and, and the only way you can do that is through prayer. Yes. And all those things That's come later. And again, like, even if not, the most important thing is reconciliation and maintaining that relationship, but also clearly communicating that there's a difference between followers of Jesus and those that aren't followers yeah. of Jesus, that one is light and one is dark. So are you acting, are you operating in the light? Right. Um, and, uh, again, like, does it mean that you maybe have to eat some cold food? Yeah, because again, just because your food got there late yeah. doesn't mean that they're, you know, I, I, and it's amazing to me that like, oh, they, you know, terrible customer service and they just don't care about their jobs and they need to work harder. Well, what if it's a single mom and that's her fourth job that she's been to and she hasn't slept in five days and she has a, a whole group of people uh, that are beckoning for her to, to bring her the food and she's working alone. Like, again, like we, we have a hard time seeing things from their perspective because yeah. we've been wrong. Right. And so again, like if we come in with this, this idea of humility and again, like caring more about the reasons why this might be happening. Yeah. Obviously you're going to be waiting for a while in line on black Friday because everybody's shopping. Be there, yeah. Are you going to complain about that? You know, no, they're doing the best that they can, right? And again, the standard that I am defending isn't the standard that I create. It's the standard that Jesus created, that God laid out in Scripture. And when we when we look at that standard, there's very clear distinctions between what we defend and what we don't, but even clearly more so is how we defend them, right? Yeah. With meekness, with gentleness, right? That we respond when people ask. So we may answer as Colossians, yeah. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says. So again, like it changes the demeanor that, you know, I, I think a lot of people, it is so confusing to them when I decide to keep my food. Now, obviously, again, like if they have a big old, you know, 
cockroach sitting on my food, I'm not going to be like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I, like, eat the roach. Like, that's not what I'm saying, okay? Um, however, that doesn't mean, like, look, dummy, didn't you see, like, you know, again, like, there's a point where I say, hey, again, I approach that with gentleness. Like, I know you probably didn't mean this, but my food's a little bit cold. Would you mind warming it up, yeah. right? And I think that that, that, that diffuses the situation. But again, like, I don't know what that person's dealing with. I don't, I don't know what that company is going through right yeah. there. And I want to try and, and humble myself enough to try and give the benefit of the doubt, um, even if I've been wronged so that people can see the light of Jesus, yeah. right? That, that even, I mean, from the cross, what did Jesus do? He prayed that they would be forgiven. Like, yeah. dang, like talk about a guy that can complain. I mean, he was wrongfully beaten and nailed to a cross and he wasn't sitting there like complaining to them that they're, that he's being wrongfully acted against. Mm -hmm. What did he do? Man, father, forgive them for, they don't even know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Like talk about a, a perspective of humility of just saying like, you know what? Like my food wasn't the best. But yeah. it is what it is. I won't care. I won't care that I got, you know, the bottom of the fry basket from Chick-fil-A mm -hmm. after a millisecond in heaven. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to lay down yeah. my cross, so to speak, uh, to restore the, to, to keep that 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 relationship and realize, like, you know, even come from this perspective of like, I'm complaining that my food was cold when the vast majority of the world has no food. Yeah. You know, um, and I think when you realize that, when you come in with that perspective, like this is way bigger than me, um, what would Jesus have me do in this situation? Um, that completely That's changes key, how you respond. He goes into Jesus with the thief. He says, you'll be with me in paradise. That guy lived his whole life, not as a Christian, yeah. but in that moment before his death, he put his faith in Christ and Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. Yep. It didn't matter. We could sit back and complain. Oh, that man lived horrible his entire life. Horrible human being. He doesn't deserve to be saved, but neither do we. Yep. And it's one of those things where Christ saw him in that moment and he said, you will be with me. Yep. And James says, if you, if you've kept the entire law and broken one part of it, you've broken all of it. Right. Yeah. So we're no better. You know, we, God doesn't grade on a curve. Like, well, I know I've done wrong, but I'm not as bad as that guy, you know, so we'll be good. Like, that's not what God does. No. And I love like, actually uh, my brother, uh, Grant, whom a lot of you guys know, um, shout out to Grant if you're listening, but, uh, my, my brother actually showed me this video of, of a pastor who's talking about, the perspective of that guy, like yeah. the guy on the cross, Crazy. he didn't, he didn't know Jesus's name. Nope. He called out to him because he's like, you can save me. I want to be with you in your kingdom. And Could've he's never like, yeah. in his life, never known scripture. Yeah. Like he shows up to the gate and I, and I love that perspective of like, man, this is, this is a, a truth of like, man, what really matters? He knew who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. He asked for Jesus's forgiveness. He didn't get the opportunity to walk with him on earth. But he still called out to him, and and, and even like when you look at the blind man, and he's being confronted by the Sanhedrin, and they're asking him all these questions. He's like, "Look, I don't know deep theology. All I know is that I was blind. I asked the healer to heal me, and now I see. I was blind. Now I see. Boom. That's like enough. that's what I know. You know. And so I think we we have to have the right perspective of what really matters in life. Yep. Uh, what matters in life is is people coming to know who Jesus is, and the way I live my life is a is either a catalyst for that. Or it's going to destroy yeah. that. That that I can 
I can be a catalyst for, for truth and for positive change and be Jesus to people, humbling myself to, hey, even though I'm not the one that made your feet dirty, I'm willing to get down on my, on my knees and wash them for you. Um, that, that even though I'm wrongfully being accused or, or whatever it may be, hey, I'm going I'm to pray for you mm-hmm. instead. That, that even if, you know what, there's nothing that I can say that would fix this. And if I do speak, it's going to be out of anger. So what am I going to do instead? I'm just going to I'm just going to give it to Jesus. Yeah. God is the avenger. I'm going to let him handle it. I'm going to step away. That's um, where we really need to promote and stand and defend that truth. Absolutely. So those things are just reminds me of like the fields that God gives you. Those are the things we need to tend to. Those are our responsibilities. And those are things we protect and work on. Um, and we can't be content and not taking care of them. If you're given to you, take care of them. But it's also if you're trying to take care of things outside of those areas, that's not your job. Yeah. And so in that moment, the thief on the cross, he was given that one field to tend was believe in Jesus. And he was mm-hmm. right there and he did it. Yeah. And it's like so many times as Christians, we feel like we either deserve more fields or less. And it's like one of those things where like God gives you exactly what he wants you to do in yeah. his purpose. Take care of that. To be faithful, right? Yes. Um, for the right purposes. Yeah. Um, and again, like, you know, on the subject of prayer, or on, sorry, on the subject of pay, um, you know, I, I told Manny, uh, this yesterday when we were talking about this topic uh, that, you know, it's interesting because Uber Lyft drivers, if you're going to play, complain about paying, literally it asks you, do you want to accept this one? And it says how much you're going to get paid for it. And you either click yes, yes or, no. or no. So you are agreeing to those wages, right? Yeah. Um, now, there's a difference where like, okay, I agreed that you were going to pay me this much. And then all of a sudden they, they just cut it out you. from, yeah. And they just like, no, we're only going to pay you a dollar. Like that's different, mm-hmm. right? Because you you entered a contract with that person, but you're literally agreeing. And there's a story in Scripture, Matthew 21 through 16. It's it's the parable of the workers in the vineyard, where these workers agree to work for a certain amount of wages that they are paid, and then halfway through the day, the master hires more people. And he pays them the same. And at the end of the day, when they collect their wages, the people realize that, okay, these people worked half the day, but they're getting paid the same as me, and I worked the whole day. And so they feel wronged. And they yep. compl- what do they do? They complain, and the master says, I'm sorry, didn't you agree to work for those wages? Yep. You, like, you agreed to that, right? And so, again, like, at what point do you rise up about your pay? Well, if you agree to that amount— I'm sorry, but but you can't get riled up about your pay. Now, if they start to gouge you and they start to take advantage of you and they start to not fairly compensate you for what you agreed upon, then absolutely say something about it. But what? Wh- how do you do it? Gentleness yeah. and humility. And it's maybe even better for you to brush the sand off your feet, so to speak, and go get a different job. If if And in reality, like why... If someone, let's just take the example, maybe maybe Uber and Lyft is taking advantage of these people, and they did agree, but now they're getting cut. You know, they're they're cutting their legs out from underneath them. Well, why would you complain to stay there? Yeah. Why would you not then go find somewhere where you are going to be cared for personally? You know. Um, and again, like, again, what's your motivation in life? Are mm-hmm. are you trying to provide for your family? Well, then you want to do so in a, in a positive setting and you want to defend and you want to defend what is right. I'm, yeah. I'm totally for that. But if you agreed to those wages, you you signed that contract, right? Yeah. And, and what happens is we get greedy. 
Oh, yeah. And we want more because everybody else is getting more, right? Yeah. Or whatever it may be. Um, and we blame it on inflation or whatever it may be. But in reality, we just we kind of get greedy and selfish. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where like 15, the verse 15 in that passage goes into like, don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? Yeah. Like the guy's like, this is my money. You guys agreed on what we stated. You worked for it. And now you're complaining about what you got. Yep. And it's like, I think so many times as Christians, we often complain about what God's given us when it's like, this is his to begin with. It's his grace. Yeah. It's his love. It's his purpose that he has for us. And we often, we want the other person's left to us that they got and what, but when it's just crazy to think well, about. Well, yeah, the, the clay can't say to the potter, right? Yeah. Like, it's like the clay saying, no, you, you, you molded me right. Yeah, not a yeah, bowl. not a cup. You know, I don't want to be a cup. I want to be a beautiful vase. Well, I'm sorry. You're a cup. You're, <laughs> yeah. short, and, you're short and squatty, so you're a cup. Uh, that's how I created you, but I have a purpose in it. And again, yeah. like, it, do, you, do you truly trust God? And like, you know, I mean, in all things, right? All things I can do, do through Christ to strengthen me. That, yeah, that includes your food. And what's funny is like, we... We sometimes we passionately defend the food that we order. We yeah. want it has to be right, hot, on time, you know. Uh, and even though we want that full meal in less than two minutes, man, like think about how how that looks to the world. That that this world that a lot of people don't even have food. We get, we rise up and get upset when they put Del Scorcho on it instead of mild, and we will like go at, yeah. in attack mode, you know? Be like, I I, I use my money for this quesadilla, and I said no sauce. What is that? Like, like, man, what does that communicate to the world? Like, by the way, Jesus loves you. Like, and tithe. What is, Wait, yeah, what is that? Not mine. What the Wait a heck? What? Like, what yeah. does that do to your witness? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, these beans were undercooked. Whoa, oh, the humanity. Like, <laughs> like what on earth, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but you put too much foam on my latte and I get bloated. Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> suck it up. What would the I rest agree. of the world say to you? And what is that duty? You will be my witnesses. That's what Jesus says. So, what kind of witness are you are you portraying with the the words that you choose and, yeah. and the, the attitude that you choose? You know, my dad, um, he uh, he uh, is a is an um, academic coach and uh, leadership coach and and one of the things that they that they talk about is the fact that your attitude this is you choose your attitude right mm. I think it was a fish philosophy a while back that there was all these things for for schools and one of them is man you choose your attitude like ultimately you're gonna choose your attitude and your attitude is gonna choose how you respond yeah. so are you being patient is your mindset of being gentle so that way you can restore that relationship and be light. Or are you just up in arms because you have this selfish selfish complex about you and you've been wronged and so you need to win? Yeah. You know? And again, like that's your motivation. So uh again, like I know it's a it might seem like a small story. I don't I don't I don't even think it made you know a, an indent on on Valentine's Day. I wasn't affected by it. I know it. I love how in the the article too it said uh if you're counting on delivery, like, yeah, be yeah. careful. <laughs> yeah, and learn how to cook. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, which, I mean, you know, I used, I, I just, we only have, we're down to one car, and I really wanted a coffee, and so I ordered one, and I made sure, like, I, I walked outside, I greeted the guy, um, and, uh, you know, again, like, the, what is the way you live your life saying about how you view Jesus in Scripture, yeah. you know? And, and the, the way you use your words, again, like the center of a forest can be set on fire by a small spark. Like the smallest thing that you say can just completely ruin your witness. That, that And we talked about this even with sports that, 
you know, yeah, the Chiefs won and Travis Kelsey was on that team. But you know the number one meme that I see? Him screaming at Andy, Andy Reid. Do you know why he was screaming at Andy Reid? Because he felt like he should have been in that play when he wasn't out there. And it led to no touchdown. No one, like I haven't seen a meme of him raising the tro- like trophy or whatever. The meme that I see everywhere is him screaming in Andy Reid's ear. You know, and again, like it ruins your witness. It doesn't matter what he did. He could have donated a million dollars to some charity after the Super Bowl. I don't know about that because the only thing that people are talking about is him just screaming like a Viking and angry because he didn't get to play. Like, think about what that and I don't I mean, I don't think he's a Christian, but still like think about how how the way you respond can completely destroy your witness. When you you look at like most of all, like Peter, he's known as doubting Peter. He doubted the Lord. And that's like. One of the biggest things he's always known for. But then you look at it, he got crucified upside down. Yeah. And then you look at Thomas, doubting Doubting Thomas, Thomas, and you're like, yeah, that's all they're ever known. They're always, yeah, as Christians, we're always seem to be known for the the things that we did wrong once or Mm -hmm. we've done wrong a long time ago. And I think that's one way that the devil really uses against us. And it's one of those things where every moment counts when you are a follower of Christ um, to really uh, just pursue him every day in and out. Yeah, be on your guard, right? Yes. Because, um, you know, Satan's going to look for any foothold. And, like, you know, yeah, you can't save people, but you can turn them further away from Jesus. And yeah. you don't want to do that. Like, at the end of the day, I don't want what I said or did to turn someone away. I want the way that I live my life to show people, man, there is hope, right? Yeah. And there is something bigger that that at the end of the day, if if my burrito was made wrong, you know, I still get to go to heaven. I'm sure the burritos are great up there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why we talk about burritos so much on the show. We don't have Me a problem, either. okay? <laughs> um, but it always comes up. But uh, but yeah, um, I you know at the end of the day, you just have to remember that that we are supposed to be meek. We're supposed to be gentle. We're yeah. supposed to be understanding, right? Um, and and we need to do to do that for what reason, right? Because we are lights in the midst of darkness. Mm-hmm. That we do everything without grumbling of complaining for a purpose, not just because. God's like, no, I just don't want you to be mean. No, there's a purpose in it. That God says, I don't want you to do that because then everybody turns to the darkness instead of the light. That everybody fights. I mean, I don't even know what the fight was at the at the at the Super Bowl champions parade or whatever. But man, think about the loss of life, mm-hmm. right? Um, that that happened um, because of our passions being misguided, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So, um, anyways, I hope that 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 uh, that topic finds you. Well, it's hard. Uh, and again, like this is one of those things where they, it's the fruit of the spirit. You need you need to be in prayer constantly. Pray for your enemies or those that you would call your enemies, and let the Holy Spirit work in your life to produce patience, to produce self control. You know, yeah. to produce gentleness, um, because without the Holy Spirit, that won't be produced. If you if you don't abide in Christ. You're, you're like the branch that's not connected to the vine. And guess what? You can't produce fruit that way. Nope. That if you're abiding in Christ and you have that eternal perspective of what really matters, your, your food being wrong, all right. Hey, can you really, can you maybe make this again? No, you're an idiot. Okay, well, I guess I'll just eat it because it's better than nothing. You know, whatever. Um, but, but let's just focus on building each other up instead of tearing each other down. Yeah. So anyways, um, thank you. 
for talking with me about that and Manny back there. Um, And again, if you guys have comments on that or whatever, please um, um, throw those in there. Let us know what you guys are are thinking about because that's tough, man. We this is this is a byproduct of our culture. Yeah, it's a byproduct of our culture. Um, But uh, there's there's a you're hot then you're cold, you're yes then you're no, you know whatever that song is from the great theologian Katy Perry. Um, But uh, (laughs) but anyways. I think I've ever heard those well, you know, things in one sentence. Hey, you know, uh, it is what it is. I don't think those things should ever be. <laughs> I know. I'll move on from that. But if we do have some questions, quite a few. I don't think we're going to be able to have time to get to all of them. Um, so let's see here. Uh, first question we have comes from, I'm going to let you take this one, comes from Aiden. Ooh. All right. And Aiden wants to know, how is fighting for a sport different than fighting in general? Ooh. Yeah. So this is a really good question. Um, and I would say the biggest thing to look at uh, in the sense of fighting is well, there's always two sides to fighting. What are you fighting for, and what are you fighting against? Mm. Um, so That's good. You should write. You should write that down. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, what are you fighting for? And if you're talking like the difference between fighting in a sport or just fighting on the street, well, it's like, well, why are you on the street, and why are you fighting on the street? Yeah. And it's like if you happen to be in the street, and now you're fighting against a mugger. Well, now you're fighting against evil. Protect yourself in that area. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the street being a drug dealer and then you expect conflict, well, as a different that's setting. your <laughs> that's your fault. I'm sorry to tell you that. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to the sport, um, I've fought in sports my whole life and it always came down to that thing where it's like I wanted to do it for a living. Um, and so when it comes behind the motive of in that area still, what am I fighting for? Am I just fighting to go to the UFC to make a million dollars? Or am I fighting to provide and serve my family and provide and serve um, in the areas that the Lord wants me? Um, or am I fighting against myself, the haters? Am I fighting against people that told me I couldn't do it? Um, so if you're going into a sport thinking that nobody ever thought I could do it, I'm doing this because to sh- prove them wrong, Yeah, um, that's wrong. If you're doing it to I want to make millions on my own terms, most likely that that's, that's wrong. Um, but if you're in the avenue where that's, the place that God has you, that's the only thing you can do and you have to provide, fight hard in it. Do it. Pursue yeah. it. Um, well, and, and refer to last week's podcast, you know, where yeah. we talked about success, especially in sports. But again, like you brought up motivation. And I think um, look at the guardrails that are put up a- around fighting for sport. There's no refs out on the streets. Nope. You know? Um, and in that sport, they have a lot of things to make sure. And again, like safe fighting. Yeah. You're still knocking each other out, but still there's a lot of safeguards that yeah. you have a mouthpiece in that you have a ref there that's there to stop it. Yeah. You have, there's you have rules, there's rules no and, and the ground. Like there's a lot of things that protect you in that area. Yeah. And again, like those guardrails are there. Why? Because it's a sport because at the end of the day, we're not trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, that's, that's different when you step out Absolutely. into the street. And it's one of the things fighting, um, one of the biggest things is every fighting event, there's a rules meeting before it happens. Um, they get all the athletes together. They refs make it clear to all the athletes. Um, there's rules involved. And if you break them, you're going to get a warning. Or if you break them, you're going to, you're going to lose. And it's one of those things where th- right off the bat too, they tell the amateurs like, Hey, you're not pro yet. You still have lives and things to take care of. Let's not. Like if you're stuck in an armbar fully reached out, they're going to stop it because this isn't your life. We're going to save you and not well, break something on you. And it's you, one of those things where sport, there's still so many factors that you have to do into it. Um, why like, this is my livelihood. This yeah. is where I'm making my money to provide for people and myself. 
Whereas fighting on the street um, or fighting in general, whether it's war, whether it's verbal, verbal, <laughs> anything like just things like that, it's genuinely at a much higher cost. Well, it's more more born out of selfishness, right? Yeah. Not defense. Because um, self-defense, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, I, I think of, of the fight that I went to for you, right? In the Toyota arena, lots of people watching. Uh, you could have knocked him out, right? Like you could have just kept punching. But instead, instead of knocking him out, instead of causing more pain, more injury, you went for the submission instead, right? So that's a different motivation. You could have ended the fight from knockout. You went for the tap out instead. Mm -hmm. And I think like, again, you know, that might not have been your motivation in there, but it is, it does serve as an example of, all right, it, even in the sport, you can still fight wrongly. Like you can still yeah. be selfish. You can still be prideful. And so, so that's what a great, great answer to that one. And, and Aiden, you know, again, refer back to the complaining, like I'm going to try and every, in every way that I can, I want to try and diffuse the situation and not rise up into throwing punches. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things is, um, especially when I'm around most professional fighters and athletes, um, we never look for fights. Mm. It's one of those things where, like, so many people are like, how many street fights you've been in? You fight professional, all this stuff. And it's like, um, zero. I don't walk around looking to fight people. It's one of those things like, you know, the, the control and the things that you have and the, like the training I have. And it's one of those things that I hope that I really never have to use against somebody outside of the cage. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if you're putting yourself in situations where you're like, you have to do that, there's obviously in its defense right defense yeah. because you value the imago day you you value life right absolutely you value what god values but it's defense it's not attack right uh, which again refer back to the to the podcast on war for more on that too yeah. so thank you so much i mean absolutely. and you giving that inside perspective i think answers that way better um than i ever could we do have quite a few questions dealing with heaven you know um are you married can you get married in heaven can you have kids in heaven uh, what does heaven look like um so I, I'm going to kind of answer those all in one. Even today, a Sky sent in another one. Um, uh, would we feel sad um, when we see our loved ones not go to heaven? Uh, is there sadness and pain? And so, again, like we're kind of talking about, about heaven in general. Um, can you make a family in heaven um, if you haven't? What, what's, uh, Addie asked, what does worship look like in heaven? Is it singing? Is it dancing? Um, so just kind of talking about heaven. Um, Thank you, Addie and Sky, for, for sending in those questions just about that. I love that you're getting curious about your final destination, right? Yeah. Like, like that should be what our hope and excitement is built to. Like, that's Absolutely. what we should, we should think about heaven. Jesus would say, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So even on your worst day, think about that, you know? And so it's good for us to be curious about where we're going to spend eternity. And, Absolutely. But um, remember that there's two destinations. So it, when, you, when you die now, there's heaven. To be absent with the body is to be present with the spirit. So, so when you die, you are in heaven. But we are ultimately waiting on a new heavens and a new earth, right? So that what what that entails is that that your current destination isn't the final destination, um, in a way. And again, like I've never been there. So yeah. when you die, you're outside of time. So you're there, but you're not. Like I, again, like it's kind of confusing. It's because it's heaven, right? Yeah. It's God's realm. We can't fit the ocean in a, in the shot glass of our mind, right? So we have to remember that. Um, but what's worship going to be like, man? 
is it singing is it dancing it's everything like like yeah. everything about you is going to be it's like what language are you going to speak uh praise. Be language. Like, who knows like you're <laughs> just going to be praising because you're going to be in the presence of god right like yeah. that is the ultimate goodness uh there and that in that in that final destination the new heavens and the earth there is there's no tears there's no sorrow uh, are you going to be burdened by the people yeah I, I believe you will like like when you see the people that you love I mean, even God is is grieved by those that choose to to rebel against Him, right? Uh, Jonah, at the end of Jonah, he says, "Why would I not care for them?" Yeah. You know, like that God cares um, for them, and so I don't know. I mean, in the current spot, and you you might look at the world from the current spot um, before we reach the new heavens and new earth, and and feel sorrow for those that are not choosing you, and and feel sorrow for those that will not go there, right? Yeah. Um, I think that is biblical. Because it's born out of a of a desire for people to be for the lost to be found, right? Um, but when it comes to um, that final destination, when all is said and done, man, you are in person in God's presence in His kingdom that He made, where the gates are always open. We can go out, we can come in. There's no enemies. There's no sin. There's no temptation. There's no sorrow. There's no tears. Um, why? Because you're in the presence of God, mm-hmm. like. At the end of the day, man, your bucket is completely full all yeah. the time, right? And what does worship look like? All encompassing. Like you're just worshiping with everything you are. That that it's it's song. That it's it's dance. It's praising. It's the way we interact with with each other. It's it's being in the presence of God. Like just imagine, if you will, what that's gonna be like. You know, like yeah. the greatest worship service that you've ever attended doesn't hold a candle. Nope. To it, that that. A day where you don't have to worry about death, you don't have to worry about sickness, you don't have to worry about um, any of that stuff because you are finally there in his kingdom forever, never, 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 never. There's no more temptation. Like, just imagine that, right? And that is what your hope is in, that, that, that yeah. that's going to actually happen for you one day, that, that if you declare Jesus as your Lord— that's that's your future destination. And again, like to get to the, the topic of marriage and family, no, right? Like the Bible does say that there's not, um, there's no married in heaven. Yeah. But here's why: your relationship is stronger, stronger, right? That your relationship with your wife still has, or your husband, you're still selfish. You still deal with with sin, right? You still deal with all of that. Um, that it's not the perfect relationship. I'm sorry. Even if you think like, well, you don't know me and my boyfriend, like your relationship is not perfect, right? Yeah. But when you are in heaven with God, man, your relationships will be will be the best that they can be. Yeah. Right? That that it will be better than marriage. And I think we get caught on that physical part, right? Of, of what but guys and girls, marriage and we'll talk about this in the DTR series. Marriage is so much more than procreation. Yep. Marriage is so much more than that, which means if you can't stand talking to your significant other and you're only in it for the physical benefits, well, what are you going to do for 98% of your time together? Because that physical part of, of relationships small, is so small, small and it's and it's temporary yeah. that, that, that your body will break down. And so what is left, it's that, it's that relationship that you have Absolutely. and that that will be greater than you can ever imagine that it's better than being with your best friend where you feel safe and loved. like it's just you just can't even it comes to that, make it better. like when you're there it's like always the topic of like am i really gonna even care because everything's gonna be so so much better than you can actually think of like here yeah. and, and it's like one of those things like is there gonna be food in heaven where it's like i 
better than anything yeah. we could ever think of here. Yes, there and will it's, be. It's going to be awesome. And you won't get full, right? Yeah. Um, but also food won't become your God either, right? Yeah. Um, you won't be full. You, you, uh, you'll, you'll be eating food prepared by God as, as Isaiah 25 talks about. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can quantify it in your brain, it's too small, right? Yep. Like that, that really will be, um, the, the greatest thing that we can ever imagine. Yeah. You know, if you think of like, I'm preparing a place for you. Like we can do the best here make a cool party, do all that. But you have God preparing a place for you. Yes. It's going to be beyond what we can even yeah. dream or hope for. Yeah. We will, again, that complete worship, Addy. I mean, when, when, when we actually worship in heaven, it's just, all encompassing complete that it just yeah. flows through who you like every every aspect of you right um it's just in your conversations and remember worship is not just singing worship is is directing your attention right it is bowing down man that's going to be everything we got i mean think about the angels right now like mm -hmm. they're flying covering their eyes covering their feet saying holy 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 is the lord god almighty right like that's just you can't you won't be able to help but attribute to God who yeah. he is because you're there with him. You can see it, right? You can see his goodness. So I hope that answers your question. All those questions about heaven, great, great questions. Um, but I want to get to this, this last question that we have here from my buddy uh, Ernesto. So thank you guys all for sending in. Sky, Addy, uh, Ernesto, you guys all, thank you so much for sending in your questions. If you have any more, please let us know. Um, is there any archaeological evidence for reliability in scripture? Ooh, so this oh. is that uh, this is that church history question. I love it. I'm I'm the big history nerd. Um, you've got some stuff on on the Dead Sea Scrolls, yeah, right? Some of the biggest things is I was thinking like right off the bat, one of the biggest archaeological finds in the 20th century for Christianity that answered so many questions that we had was the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, when they found in those caves those artifacts of over 180 hebrew documents mm -hmm. um was huge yeah um and they directly and point right to scripture and back up so many things that we have one as christians we had ourselves but also so many points of views that atheists threw at us that we were yep. like ah, here you go well <laughs> and on those dead sea scrolls what's really interesting is those were actually connected to the qumran Site, mm -hmm. which is just which is where scribes were trained, and so remember that that back. I mean, let me just point it to you this way: Is there archaeological evidence uh, abundant, right? Tons going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, uh, but it's not just manuscripts of scripture. Like we even have, uh, like one of the oldest artifacts ever found is actually a piece of metal, a medallion that actually has scripture on it, right? That has some of the Old Testament on it. That that we have evidence of scripture dating back thousands of years even before jesus right yeah. and then even then you have copies all throughout history to to follow the train back that it wasn't a game of telephone that changed over time that we can compare all of these copies from ours all the way back thousands of years and see that it has not changed right and so all of those thousands of copies there's no other ancient uh, document that has that many like yeah. even even homer's iliad but but uh it has like a couple of hundred or something like that we have over twenty five thousand manuscripts yeah. of just the new testament and so when you look at the abundance of, of manuscripts that you can compare all the way throughout history you number one you know that it hasn't changed but then we have extra biblical evidence as well we have writings from people like tacitus and, and josephus and all these people i mean even if you think of um the uh, the external writings about a flood, right? Um, yeah, or even that, what that Napoleon happened. pulled apart in Egypt was the Rosetta Stone of yep. so many things that happened uh, in, in Egypt. Egypt. And even the, I mean, we talked about this with patterns of evidence um, in Exodus, but they have records from Egyptian scribes talking about 
events that are eerily similar mm-hmm. to the plagues, right? Yeah. And so and that's are, Egyptian history, not that's even Egyptian, Christian right? history. I mean, Josephus, he's a he's a Jewish historian, so he didn't believe that Jesus was God. But you again, you see all of these people talking about Jesus doing and what they call it is magic or or whatever it may be. But what that shows you is like, man, even people outside of Scripture. We're talking about Jesus doing things that Scripture talks about. And what you have to remember, too, is that this is a lot of evidence. This is 66 separate books. They were not mm-hmm. all written together. They yeah. were eventually brought together. They were scrolls. Um, but these were all written separately throughout history, and they agree with each other. So even this itself is a big tradition of, of, of manuscript history that agrees yeah. with each other. And it wasn't in the age of Twitter. Yeah, you know that not everybody had access to these things. That yeah. it was divinely orchestrated um, in that. And when you mentioned the Dead Sea Scrolls, one of the coolest things is you have the Great Isaiah Scroll, which is the Book of Isaiah, and it was over seventy-five feet long. And I've actually seen the copy of it. Uh, it's huge. I've seen some of these Dead Sea Scrolls. Some of them are itty bitty because they've shrunk in the desert, and they basically they take an infrared photo and blow it up so that way they can see what's written what, on it, yeah. right, and what passage of scripture. Um, but a lot of these manuscripts were written with just a few decades or a, a couple hundred years within the events that have happened, whereas other ancient documents, the ones that they have found were written within thousands of years of, mm-hmm. of those events that they're claiming happened. So it's written close to the amount. They have, you have a lot of manuscripts that were written close to the events that actually happened. Um, but what's so cool about the Isaiah scroll is you actually see corrections written on there. And so what that means is there was an instructor looking over the shoulder of the scribe, making sure that he copied it down correctly, correctly. right? And so, again, there was a lot of care that was taken throughout Scripture to make sure that the Bible you're holding in your hands is accurate today, the same as it was thousands and thousands of years ago. And you have so many people that have died, that have literally given their lives to yeah. preserve God's Word and to make sure that it was in the hands of you, yeah. that the, 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 the Bible that's sitting on your shelf collecting dust, people died, gave up their lives, their livelihood, so that you could have that Bible sitting on your There's shelf collecting no dust. There's like it on the planet. None. Yeah, it's the, it's the greatest bestseller of all time. So yep. um, did you have anything to add to, to that? No, I just thought it was really cool. And it was like one of the coolest things that I can also relate to is like there's a book, there's a movie like Case for Christ, and it's one of those things where he broke down evidence of what this was because if he could find out that christ didn't exist and christianity didn't exist and it was yep. one of things where like he went to a lot of the places where they had the original writings and things like that and artifacts of the bible and it's one of those things where it has evidence in itself that it's one of the closest documents to the time when it was written there's so many witnesses and so many thousands of documents so many different copies of it written in that time it's just truly like there's no other history book there's no other document like mm-hmm. it on the planet yeah inside and outside yeah I mean, there's there's extra biblical stuff as well that these and people... it's crazy thing too this isn't even meant to be a history book no it's not and it's yeah. one of those things that it's like yeah that for so one of my of one of my favorite quotes is from galileo he said the, the bible doesn't tell you it, the bible tells you the way to go to heaven not the way the heavens go yep. that it's not written as a as a science book textbook that it's not written as a history textbook it's written as a, a testament of god's story and and his purpose for humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a testament to his glory. So I hope that answers your guys' questions. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for for sending them in. Send Thank you guys so much for listening today, or or whenever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify or YouTube or Amazon or whatever it yeah. is. We appreciate it. It's a juicy one um, for sure. And again, like it's tough. Remember, and everything needs to be met with prayer. 
Um, and again, like talking about heaven, like if that's not your greatest hope, if, if you can answer the question, what is your definition of the greatest day ever? And it doesn't include being in heaven with God. That's, that's a problem because yeah. then you're going to defend yourself and your comfort more. But yep. if you can truly say, man, my, my greatest day is, is being in heaven with God forever. It makes the problem, the problems on earth seem so small. Yeah. Um, that, that you can meet him with prayer because what matters at the end of the day is every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that, that your needs being met by God are more important than your wants being met by God. Um, and you can, you can um, turn the flames of anger off in your eyeballs um, and, and actually practice that, those, those spiritual gifts that, mm-hmm. that are so coveted um, for us as Christians. So yeah, thank you so much for, oh, I loved it. for being here. Thank you, Manny, again, for yep. running the mothership back there. Um, and uh, again, thank, thank you all for, for listening. This is the NG podcast yep. where we talk to the next generation about being the next generation and we will see you next week. Excellent. Have a good one. Signing out. Thank you.